Welcome to Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And we created this podcast uh, as an idea to get more information out there about real estate, investing, and perhaps buying your own home. Uh, And so uh, Jennifer being in real estate and I'm in it as well, we figured it's a great opportunity to share with the world really uh, what it is that we love to do. So we encourage you to grab a glass of wine and talk real estate with us. Wonderful. What are we having today? Today we are having a, a just a regular house cab Cabernet Sauvignon. I like that. That sounds great. Let's clink that. Ooh. So we wanted this episode to be, because it is our inaugural episode, a little bit about where we're from and how we got into real estate. Uh, and yeah, so where are you from, Jennifer? So I was originally born and raised in South Carolina. Woo-woo! So, <laughs> go Tigers! Yeah! Um, I actually have lived in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I also lived in Orlando, Florida. And before I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, I lived uh, for a good while in Greenville, South Carolina. All of those places are growing. Wow. So. Yeah, we were just through, uh, is it 85, mm-hmm. the interstate there? That just seems like a great time. Yeah, definitely <laughs> a lot of traffic there right now, trying to expand for all the growth. So, mm-hmm. okay. okay, cool. And you lived in Florida for a little while? Mm-hmm. Right out uh, northern Orlando, northern out to Mont Springs area. It's great. You can go be a tourist at Disney if you want, or you can just go live a normal life in northern Orlando and not worry about all the touristy stuff. That sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, I was born in Houston, Texas, uh, right near, um, I guess pretty close to Galveston and the whole bit, but yeah, the southeast side of of Houston, and uh, a town called Texas City is where uh, a lot of the family is, and uh, I spent the first few years of life. Um, My parents were educators, and so we moved from there up to finding jobs and education to Illinois. And I grew up in a place called Carbondale, Illinois, which is southern, and that's about uh, six hours south of Chicago. So it's not Chicago, it is southern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Way to make the difference. Yeah, it's important. Those that here will know. And I uh, lived in LA for a little while, uh, acting, did that for about four years, had such a blast. Um, before that, I lived in Manhattan for a bit. Also lived in Florida, in Melbourne, uh, for a little while. Went to Florida Tech for a bit, and then um, came back to Illinois for a couple months. And now I'm uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. So, and that's where we met. Yeah, thanks to real estate. I would have never met this guy had it not been for real estate. Absolutely. So, you want to kind of tell the story? Sure. You're sure better can. at it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> So, uh, uh, being in real estate, uh, as an agent, the first thing they tell you is you got to market yourself. And so the best way to do that is to get out and meet people, say hi, say your name, what's your story, what are you into, that sort of thing. And, uh, a friend told me about, uh, an event called, uh, Network Under 40. And, uh, you know, I said, okay, well, I'll give this a shot. You know, it was a, a random Thursday, and I was like, okay, this, all right, fine, it's, you know, a couple hours, if it doesn't go well, I'll just go home, um, you know, and I walked in there, and they were super nice, helped me get my name tag going, and, uh, and it ended up that I knew at least two or three people there, and I was super excited about that, and then got some food, the appetizers were, were, were decent, you know, sitting there eating, and I turned around, and I saw uh, this light coming from the ceiling, that was just, well, it was a heavenly glow. I'm just saying. It was wonderful. <laughs> and it came down on this um, beautiful blonde hair. And I said, oh, I have to go talk to her. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, in, in addition to seeing her and going, wow, she's really pretty. I need to go talk to her. Uh, there were three guys standing there talking to her already. So, I had to make my way across the room and... Across the defenses and the moat, and uh... <laughs> at any rate, she was nice enough to talk to me, and uh, we spent about two hours just solidly talking to each other in that position there. And uh, uh, my pickup line was, "Hey, 
you're in real estate. I'm in real estate. Did you know that I flip houses? <laughs> Amazingly, she says, oh, that's so cool. Well, well, I'd love to do or hear more about that. And I said, well, great. I'll show, I have one. You want to see my house? Not creepy at all, gentlemen. <laughs> Not creepy at all. She, surprisingly, she said, yes, I'd love to. And, uh... <laughs> And that's that of... Saturday I, or Sunday. I ended up at a stranger's house. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, uh, you know, I was like, "Hey, listen!" I told the construction crew they they could help me out by being there. I was like, "Yes, I think she needs to see me working while we're here." <laughs> so they were in there. Um, uh, well, I guess we were installing kitchen uh, pieces, working on the flooring a little bit, and bathroom and. Uh, and so it was so cool that I seemed important at the moment. And she was nice <laughs> enough to drop by and didn't tell me my house was terrible. Oh, his house was gorgeous. He had paid so much attention to detail. Um, somebody was really lucky to get a great house um, from his work and creativity. Uh, one thing he has no idea about is when I walked into that networking event that night, that was the first time I had attended a networking event by myself. I normally had a male coworker that would go with me and use me to attract people over to talk to him. So <laughs> um, that was the first time by myself. I was so nervous. I went into the bathroom when I walked into the hotel lobby. Uh, this was in, it was a bar inside of a hotel. Walked into the hotel lobby, went straight to the bathroom and stood in the mirror and just took deep breaths over and over again. And I was like, you got this. You can do this. And that is how I got out and eventually into the networking event and started meeting people. So, and since that, I have no fears about going to a networking networking event at all. So, it yeah. was great. <laughs> great experience. It was great. Man, everybody was so nice, and I, I didn't know that happened for you. Yeah, so I wasn't the only one that was nervous. Mm -mm. Wow. Not at all. Wow. So, yeah. if it had not been for real estate that night, though, mm -hmm. neither one of us had would have gone to that event. That's right. That's, That's right. the way we wanted to grow our business. That was our plan to grow our business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, now here we are. That's right. Fun, uh, fun fact, fun tidbit. Uh, it has been one year since we met that night, and uh, we're launching our podcast today. Yeah. So, yeah. She's and, a pretty awesome girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now we have our event of our own. We have our own networking event. We do. That has come out uh, through real estate and through this year of working together, um, along with this podcast. So, what, what great progress in a year. Uh, you also have 28 properties now that are buy and hold? I, I do. I have 28 doors uh, that people are living in and enjoying and living their lives and paying rent. And it's wonderful. Right. And yeah. there's we've done a flip together where we just closed on that. That's right. So exciting things <laughs> happen in a year. Exciting things. <laughs> Very exciting. So tell us how you got into real estate and flipping and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, like I said, I was living in L.A. and um, uh, working at a hotel. Really enjoyed it. It was called the SLS at Beverly Hills. Very luxury hotel. Very posh. It was wonderful. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I can say that even after having worked there, like I went and stayed after I went back to visit. It was so cool. Um, and I said, okay, well, um, I wanted to get back to family. So came back to southern Illinois for a little while and at the time, I also wanted to get into country music, because who doesn't want to get into country music when they come back to the Midwest? <laughs> I did not want to be a part of country music. <laughs> but now I love it. You love it? <laughs> Go ahead. So, so I moved to Nashville because it's closer to Carbondale, where I grew up, about only three hours, three and a half hours away. Um, and Nashville's amazing. Uh, and after about a year, my mom was going to move down too. And we needed a place for her to stay. And we were thinking about, you know, well, what kind of a place would we get? Would it be like a, a house with several 
houses on the property or maybe just one big house and we just see each other in the kitchen because frankly, being a 30-year-old guy, I don't want to live with a mom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, she knows this. Love you, mom. But like, we, I just wanted to have my freedom still, right? So uh, we get, uh, we end up looking for a little while um, and, uh, and find a place uh, with my agent at the time, wonderful, awesome guy, we're still friends, uh, and got it and it was um, a foreclosure. We buy it, uh, she moves into it, and in the process, after about, we were going to fix it up a little bit because it was a little bit run down. Start fixing it up. She has great experience with um, woodworking, uh, uh, plumbing, all kinds of things. Like, she's amazing uh, and has been doing that for years. Uh, she, in fact, built all most of the furniture that I grew up on as a kid. Everything from chairs <laughs> to beds, like platforms and uh, work desks, all that stuff. Mom built that. And so she had the experience. We had a bunch of tools left over uh, that my dad had owned which is really wonderful. He's not with us anymore, but um, he really laid the groundwork for that. Uh, and then we started working on it. Uh, my experience is, of course, in woodworking, and uh, we learned about tile along the way. A lot of days at Home Depot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, halfway through fixing it up for her, it was like, oh, well, why don't we sell this, you know? Um, and she was getting to the point where she wanted to move in or move closer to me because we were still about 15 minutes from each other. Uh, and I said, well, I was living in an apartment complex, and why don't you move in there? So she moves out of the house that we're working on. We continue to work on that every day. But it's a very cool change of events because we wanted to get a big house to share together or a compound, and it turns out that we got that with an apartment complex because she lived downstairs from me. We used the same gym in the morning. We had breakfast at her place, and then we went to the work site. Uh, and so uh, it took us about 12 months, 13 months worth of work on that house, but going back to it over and over again, um, we built a deck off the back, touched basically everything in the place, um, finished the hardwoods, uh, um, painted, you name it, and uh, retiled the kitchen, all this stuff. looked beautiful um, and paid it, uh, you know, uh, sold it and paid off my student loans. And that's after we split money on it. So that was just like, oh, I love this field. This is great. Like, it's wonderful, just wonderful. So that's how I got into it. You know, there's a lot of people out there looking for ways to pay off student loans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You can get free. Yeah. You can. <laughs> you had 13 months of work and you were able to do it. Yeah, 13 months, yeah, you know. Um, it's great. The cool thing about um, flipping a house like that and being there every day over the course of you know months at a time uh, was that you get to see the neighbors do some of the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like because we decided to clean all the bushes out of the front of the house that were kind of old and ratty, uh, and then install you know new uh, new garden bench like a wood around there kind of a thing to build up a, uh, a garden area kind of a thing or you did you know, a lot of landscaping yeah, new landscaping thank you we did new landscaping landscaping so the neighbors did new landscaping we did painting of the shutters the neighbors painted their own shutters it was so, so great so you're cleaning up the whole neighborhood while you're really just working on one house mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i'll show you numbers on that deal because we're about investing and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So that deal was uh, 60000 for the purchase. Um, took us, because we did it almost all ourselves, we had windows installed by another company and HVAC work and electrical work done outside uh, companies. Um, uh, but we bought it at sixty, put in about 21000 which was basically materials, and then those contractors work on that, uh, and sold it for just around 135 I think uh, so yeah so 80 to 135 so you know commissions and all that it's about 40,000 that we split that's great yeah that's that's for a first flip I hear that that's incredible mm -hmm. so and it really helped that it was in a market which was growing mm -hmm. tremendously so the longer we took to do it the more money we made it was pretty interesting so how long ago was that mm, that was 20. 
Purchased in 14, sold in 15. Okay. Great. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's how I got into flipping. How did you get into real estate? So I moved to Nashville and did not know anyone but my friend and her family that talked me into moving here. Mm. I was originally supposed to move back to Orlando where I had lived before. And a month before where I had made all the preparations, it fell through. So at that point, it was kind of like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? So ended up, um, my friend and her husband called me. And I can't thank them enough for that phone call Hmm. because it was, Hey, move to Nashville. And I was like, yeah, um, I don't like country music and I don't really go for cowboys. So thank you, but I'll figure something out. So I had a month, right? Yeah. Uh, three weeks later, after a lot of like tears and research on where I was going to go, I called my friend's husband and I was like, hey, this Nashville thing's not permanent, right? And he was like, no, if you don't like it, leave. I said, okay, come get me. Uh, The very next weekend, her husband and her son came and got me in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And that was May 20th. Then CMA weekend came. And that is when I was like, oh my gosh, I live in Nashville. This yeah. place is amazing. <laughs> and uh, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't wrap my head around all there was to do here. Yeah. And those that don't know, CMA <laughs> Fest uh, is huge here. Country music. It is. <laughs> just all, the, all around. Like hundreds of thousands of people come through this town over the course of, of a week, basically in June. Uh, so. It's yeah. If you haven't seen country music in the way that it's done, needs to be done. Then come by. Yeah, come check it out. Go ahead. Well, and fast forward. Now I have a boyfriend who wrote and sings country music and asked to wear a cowboy hat to CMA Fest with me, and I was like, "Are you serious? <laughs> We're gonna walk around with cowboy hats?" Yes, I allowed him to do it. <laughs> and there are photos. <laughs> But I have totally embraced it. I love Nashville. I love the country music. And, you know, it's it's great. It's where I'm supposed to be. So past all of that, uh, I was living with my, tra- my friend trying to figure out what I was going to do moving forward because I have a background in business and um, sales, mm. a degree in business management, but I did not know what I wanted to focus on when I moved to Nashville. So... One day, my friend was like, you need to go into real estate. I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Really sat down and thought on it, did some research, ended up in real estate school, and that was the best decision I've ever made. So now I have found a company that I work for that is amazing. I've never loved a company I've worked for the way I love this one. I love my coworkers and I love what I do. I feel like I'm helping people in a happy time of their life. And it's so rewarding. I've also been able to focus on helping investors and working with them. So partnering with you Mm -hmm. on some different deals and looking even to get into more investing as being an investor Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just really taken off, and I'm so lucky to be here. I cannot thank my friends enough. So that's how I got here. If you'd like to be an on-air guest, ask questions, give ideas, or feedback for the podcast, sign up on our website at corkscrewsandcontracts.com and let us hear about it. If you're in the Nashville area, please join us for the monthly Middle Tennessee Investors and Wholesalers Network Happy Hour. Two hours of pure networking and deal-making. You'll meet brand new investors and wholesalers, all the way up to those that buy hotels. You can find more information and sign up on our website at corkscrewsandcontracts.com. Don't miss it. That's awesome. Uh, Any clients of interest that, you know, interesting stories or... So, 
In this field, you get all kinds of interesting stories. I bet. Um, just some, a few funny ones and where I learned some things from these. There was one where I was on the buyer side of the transaction. Mm-hmm. And we were already under contract. We had called the seller's agent to let the agent know that there would be an inspector coming out in the you know, date and time, as you would do. Sounds reasonable. And that information gets passed along to the, the, that agent passes it along to the people living in the home is what the hopes are. And I, oh, I'm not no. saying that agent did not do that because I do feel like the agent did it, mm-hmm. but there were, there were, it was a roommate situation. So I think it was lost in translation somewhere. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the inspector gets out there, you know, goes in the house, um, like he's able to do because they should know he's coming. A guy comes out of his bedroom, no clothes whatsoever, <laughs> stands in front of the inspector, carries on a full-on conversation like he is clothed. <laughs> just just dangling there, just, just in the breeze. In the breeze. Um then after the full-on conversation, that lasted a, a while, um, decides that the inspector cannot stay and do the inspection because the, the um, roommate was not aware of this situation. <laughs> so lesson is make sure everyone is notified <laughs> that there will be an inspector, whatever you have to do, double check, triple check, um, just to make sure everybody's aware, that happened to be a funny situation with an inspection, but they do come become scary, like with people not knowing people are in their house. Uh, so just on, on both sides, make sure everybody's aware. Yeah. And so there was another situation I learned so much from um, my broker at the end was like, people do not learn, people that have been in real estate, like, 20 plus years do not learn some of the things you learned in this transaction. So very grateful for the transaction. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot that went on. Uh, for starters, the home was full of uh, mold. Wow. To the point the sheetrock was falling off the walls. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Uh, there was also within the home an evil monkey. <laughs> Sorry, you see an evil monkey? Yes, yeah, so we got um, notification prior to the showing yeah. about this pet. And, you know, who doesn't love pets? Right. And you're aware of them when you go in homes. That's something you should tell sure. people. You know, the dogs are someone where they should be. And right. Yeah, don't, yeah. And there were, you know, Dogs and cats in this home as well. Oh, okay. So it was but, a zoo. <laughs> but there was also a monkey that we were notified of to stand far away from the cage. There was a note on the cage when we got there to beware of monkey. Do not stick any um, object, objects or body parts in the cage because you would need a tetanus shot. Um, the it was note dangerous. said all that. Yes. Yes, it was wow. dangerous to mess with this monkey. <laughs> wow. And so, um, ended up being real cute. Cute little monkey, but not at the time <laughs> you would want to pet. So, um, you can only imagine throughout this process, <clears throat> everything that happened. There, um, the My client, who was the buyer... It was a, had a difficult personality to work with. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I learned from that is figure out the best way to communicate with your clients, whether it be email, text, you know, calling. Not only the best way to communicate with them, mm-hmm. but like what's the best way that's going to protect you when you communicate with others through the real estate transaction. Uh, that client was, uh, just had a different way of processing information Mm -hmm. and needed 
details, but that you couldn't give too much detail because it was too much information. Information. Mm. So you had to be very tactful in the way you ta- you um, communicated to get through the process. Also, um, th- there was communication that was a challenge on the seller side as well. So, uh, but with within you know the the issues with the the uh, mold that came mm. up in the home, uh, even though my client may not have wanted to keep that home, that still comes up. The issues with the funding of that home and property comes yeah. into play there. And um, one thing that's really uh, newer, a newer issue to real estate is cameras in homes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So within that transaction... You wouldn't have thought there would have been a camera in this home, but there was. Really? So, when uh, we got closer to the monkey's cage, we noticed a camera. So, you always want to watch what you say in a home. Mm -hmm. And if you're an agent yourself, you want to cut people off and let them know. You know, if you see the camera, cut them off and let them know that it's there and to watch what they say. But that's something you should also prep your clients for. Right. Right. And even if you're an investor going to look at a home, you definitely do not want to say anything that somebody could be offended by Mm. or put your cards on the table with what you're wanting to do moving forward with this property. So, uh, really popular these days is to have doorbells with cameras on them. Right. And and they record sounds, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that is that something you notify your clients of before you even get to the property? I do. Okay. okay. Yeah. And it might even just be reminding them at the front door. Okay. But uh, Because it is okay if you're on camera notifying your clients that there's cameras. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hey, the issue. everybody, we're on camera and then point to it and then wave. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's okay, but you just want your client to be notified and aware of what could go on before before anything happens. Right. And it, it may not even be malicious. It right. might just be the homeowner just even forgot that that's always on, you know, and goes, oh, oh, hey, this video popped up. I, for- I got a notification mm-hmm. that there's movement at the front door. Right. You know. Or it might just be not even having to do with the showing. Okay. It might be that they have valuables in the home that they want to make sure they're protecting. Mm-hmm. So it could be just something simple like that. Yeah. Yeah. But those are just a couple pointers, you know. <laughs> some <laughs> some funny things I learned <laughs> as well as important if you're going to be in the real estate industry at, in any aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's so interesting. So, um, so I'm also uh, a real estate agent and uh, have had uh, my share of interesting stories from clients. And I, I like the point that you made about you kind of need to meet the client where they are. Mm-hmm. And assist them at the level at which they want to be assisted in the process. Uh, And it's not about uh, speaking down to the client or or over-explaining things or what have you. But, you know, we forget very often that, you know, for the client, this may be their first time experiencing all of this. Right. You know, or it may be their 80th time experiencing all of this. And so you kind of have to tailor it for that position um, that that relationship that's in there, and that's that's perfectly that's the part of your job that makes it that makes it interesting and, and, and unique too, and, and valuable. Valuable. That's right. That's right. Because if you're a new buyer, you want to know everything, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to be surprised. You want someone who says, "Okay, here's the here's the journey we're going to take, and the path is laid out in front of us, and we should expect this, and at this point, we're going to turn here, uh, and we're going to get you where you need to go." Mm-hmm. And that's so cool. Yeah. So what are some of your stories that are <laughs> funny yet learning experiences? <laughs> funny yet learning experiences. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say definitely, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you another flipping story. Is oh, that please good? do. Okay, great. So, uh, <laughs> So we purchased another home uh, after after the first one that went so well, uh, and this one went decently, I would say. Uh, 
the with utilities and so forth on a house that you pick up sometimes because oftentimes in a house that is being rehabbed is what, what a lot of people call it because um, there's some confusion sometimes between flipping often what you see on on television uh, for some people and the dialogue before was flipping was uh, purchase a contract on a house or purchase the house sell it very quickly to the next person flip it to the next person to do whatever they're going to do but um, I and my mother have been rehabbers, and so for the most part, the uh, the rehab process uh, is involves houses that are unoccupied, or maybe someone just moved out, or what have you. So you want to go and secure all the utilities and do all that good stuff, right? And so one afternoon, we're at this house out in front, working on. Uh, there was a, a spigot that comes out of the front of the house uh, that you know used for watering the lawn or what have you. And uh, I had clearly said, hey, Mom, go over, turn off the water to the house before I open this up. Now, I've explained all that so you know kind of where the story is going. I'm sitting there in the front of the house, uh, just bare, just on the ground, hands uh, up against the faucet kind of a thing, trying to uh, disconnect and apply a new one, right? And so she goes, oh, yeah, it's off, it's off. She turned it. She really did. I saw her down in the ground working on it, right? <laughs> we didn't have a water key at the time. If anybody's had one of those, they're, they're great. Like, it's, it's what the, almost what the water company uses to turn on and off the water. And it's a, it's a piece of steel that has a handle at the top, and uh, it goes down into the ground about, I don't know, two feet, three feet long, and then it turns on uh, the pipe, so it turns the pipe to the right or to the left. There's a, a connection in there. Uh, and so that way you can shut off the water to the house for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's cold or, or the pipes are, um, you have an opening or something. You're changing out a water heater, whatever. So she turns it off while I'm sitting there turning. And sure enough, it starts to move. No problem, right? <laughs> well, I get it about three quarters of the way twisted off. And somehow she decides to turn it extra hard. <laughs> not only does the thing not turn in the direction she wants to but she releases it and it moves back open <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and all this water comes rushing at me I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god my pants are getting wet I don't know what to do right I'm like mom 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 turn it off stop stop and she goes I can't I can't turn it my hands are tired I can't do this because <laughs> all we had was a wrench you know <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, okay. And I bring the pliers that I was using on, on the faucet that I was working on. And I said, okay, I got this. So she, we switch places. She runs over, starts shoving things into this pipe that is blowing water all over the front lawn. Getting her soaked. I run over and I'm like, I got this. I reach down in there and I'm turning and turning and turning. And it slips off. She's still getting drenched. <laughs> And I didn't want all the water rushing because we still had to work in that area. And it was going to be super muddy. So it was necessary that she was stopping it from flowing out of the house. Somehow I reached down there, pull it enough where it just gets to the point where it stops coming out full force. And she's able to plug it and turn it on the thing a little bit. Oh, my God. Worst thing, all the neighbors suddenly come out because we're screaming about this water flow. I'm talking children, dogs, cats. They're all looking, watching what's going on in the neighborhood. The two of us stand up. So happy. We run over, hug each other, both wet and muddy at the same time. <laughs> And somehow that was the start of our day <laughs> um, project. So, some, yeah, so sometimes you just go, oh, man, you know, what, how did we get in this? So to our listeners, mm. um, for future situations like this, we will be recording. Go to our website, check out Behind the Scenes and Vlogs tab. You can see all this these blooper kind of moments, we'll definitely have to record those for the future. <laughs> People want to see that. They do. Uh, apparently they want to see my shame and humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> They'll know that they're not the only ones that have funny stories. That That's happens right. with flips. They happen. <laughs> they do. They really do. Oh my gosh. Um, on that very first house, actually, 
we were uh, working on it late at night. My goodness. So it must have been, you know, 8 o'clock, something like that. And it was getting dark and in the summer. And I said, oh, man, I can do this. I was around the back side of the house and replacing pieces of siding on the house. And you had to take off the old, put on the new, right? And somewhere along the line, I'm replacing it, and I pull apart a piece, and I see all these hollowed out portions in the wood behind the siding. <laughs> and they look like trails, tunnels through wood. <laughs> and I freak out. I'm like, no! I start screaming. <laughs> I go, oh, no, no! And she, she goes, what, Wyatt, what? Runs around the back of the house thinking, I don't know, like I put a nail in my hand or something, right? <laughs> She goes, what, what, what? I said, oh, we got termites, Bob. We got termites. <laughs> and she goes, no, no, we can't. We did an inspection, you know? And I said, no, there are definitely termites here. And, she, and so we look at it some more, and she goes, oh, no, no, no. That's water damage. It's not termites. And she pushes on it, and she goes, yeah, no, that's just... Water tends to get papery, or the wood tends to get papery after water runs over it for years and years where it shouldn't go. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, if these were termites, you would have a way for them to get up to the wood because there's levels of cinder block before you get to the wood. And she goes, there's nothing else around it. There's no, there's no nest that you see. There's not, and they often go, so termites, for those that don't know, live in the ground. <laughs> and then they often build, either they get into the house uh, through vegetation that grows on the house, and they can just crawl up there, or they build mud tunnels in order to get to the house. And you can see them doing their thing. <laughs> Oftentimes, if you put a shed on the ground, you'll have termite issues. So, thankfully, we looked around, and there was no way for them to get there, and there was nothing else in the rest of the house, and then we looked a little further and found out that, sure enough, the siding, uh, the, uh, the soffit uh, where uh, there should have been water coming in, you know, through, like, over the soffit around into the gutter, the gutter was pulled away for a number of years, okay. and sure enough, it was just running down the siding, between the siding and the wood, <laughs> and so we replaced the wood, replaced the siding, everything was good, you know. So do you do inspections on all your flips? I do. I do. Okay. I always have an inspection done. I do. Um, What's the value in that for an investor, for, you know, versus like a, a client of an agent just buying like their first home? Yeah, yeah. The inspection value for me, you know, I'm not going to have the same reaction to whatever they find as a normal person that's going to live there. But I want that inspection so that I know what to fix. Okay. Very often an inspector will, will be the person who goes underneath the house and, um, and shows, you know, what, uh, what's going on, gives me pictures. I take that inspection and I present it to my general contractor. My general contractor then has uh, a blueprint for what to work for, from. Okay. And say, okay, we need to fix this, 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 this. And then what else are we including in this house to add value now that those things are taken care of? So the inspection would give me the age of appliances if that's available. Sometimes the, the stickers are worn off and that sort of thing. But will give me the age of appliances, um, windows that are broken, uh, the roof, the condition of that, foundation, um, you know, if they see things. Now, they're specialists in all of those fields. Mm -hmm. And so if I want a specialist to come out, I can do that. Or if the general contractor has a specialist they would like to come out, I can do that. But it's really great to have an inspection before you start work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have actually been on property with you in the past when we've looked at flips or, you know, rentals to buy. Mm -hmm. And you're able to do all of this in your head, <clears throat> like numbers to say, like, this is what it's going to be this is how much money I'm going to put in and this is how much I would make because this is how much it can sell for. Mm -hmm. So you're able to do a lot of that in your head and by just looking and saying, we're going to have to replace this, we're going to have to replace that. But this gives you, once you do the inspection, you have more solid numbers to go off of. Is that what you're saying? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And that comes with experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize how much I knew until 
someone, and especially if you know a neighborhood or a section of town, uh, someone will mention something and then you'll go, oh yeah, and it's a, it's a how many? It's a three one, that's three bedrooms, one bath, or three two, how many square feet? Great, I kind of know already what square footages are going to be in that area, mm-hmm. and I can give a really good estimate, or I can go a three one, how many square feet? Yeah, that's a really tiny bathroom before mm-hmm. I even get there. Mm-hmm. You know, I just know at this point, and I'm not saying it's instinctively, but it's because of experience. Okay. Uh, and then so, so I can do those things on the fly, and then I run those numbers by whomever contracts to do the work. Uh, and so that way uh, I can get an idea before I even put in an offer. So for, for what it is that you do, um, working with clients and the whole bit, mm-hmm. where, where do you want to go with what it is that you do? I love, love working with clients because it's so rewarding in mm-hmm. the end. Um, I did have a past job where I really helped people, um, but it, it was rewarding, but it was also uh, draining. Mm-hmm. So this job is just, I'm, su- I'm very passionate about it, and my love for it really shines. So I'm, I, when I'm working with a client, I think they feel that. And it's just, it's so rewarding in the end when we get to the closing table and they have, whether it be their first home or whether it be their, you know, 10th home, mm-hmm. they are happy to, to, for this move to happen and to start life a new way. So what my thought is moving forward is I've really been focusing on condos downtown, going once a week, seeing those properties, uh, what's available out there, recording videos so others know what's available out there, mm-hmm. and really want to focus on the downtown market in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So that the is amenities. Mm-hmm. You know, what does the view look like from this spot? You know, right. is there room for my car in this parking garage? Right, and I get all that information when I go out mm-hmm. and uh, share it with other agents and share it with anybody looking to, to move and, you know, the perks of, of certain buildings and certain buildings that don't have as much might be a good fit for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know your market, and that is my goal for this year is to really focus on the condos. Also uh, focus more on buy, hold investment, and maybe a little bit of uh, flips. Mm, We had a a most interesting um, experience lately uh, uh, because she is also my realtor, folks, uh, on my investment properties, which is super exciting uh, because, and I highly recommend that for most investors, is to get someone else that does negotiations for you. Uh, (laughs) The negotiation experience is a lot smoother if it's uh, lower on the emotional scale and more on and higher on the, okay, what are the facts? Let's follow procedure. This is done hundreds of times a day. uh, And so we can get this done as if anyone else has gotten this done. We just need to know the particulars and move forward. Right. Well, and when I bring you information about your listing about your home that you flipped I do my research before I bring you that information so you're not getting it where you're caught off guard Mm. I bring you the facts but I bring you other details that I've pulled by researching like you know what's going on in the market or in that area before I bring it to you so it's not or maybe it's the background of of the agent that went out there. So you kind of know where they stand with, with their knowledge of the area and things like that. I'm able to pull information mm-hmm. before I give it to you. So you're not just caught off guard and emotional. Yes. You gave me great tips about uh, a development that was coming in to a town that I invested in mm-hmm. uh, most recently. And uh, that information was helpful, especially if I was going to be a buy and hold on that mm-hmm. position. You know, oh, okay, no big deal. Um, I can look forward to this, you know, this new bus line, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps a new train line that would come through, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, services that would change over. Mm-hmm. In fact, while I was on 
um, while I was on a project, we had a changeover in trash collection services mm -hmm. because the city had acquired the rights to do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, those things occur when development is, is coming. Mm -hmm. Well, also, it gives you options with your property because you go in thinking this house is a flip to sell um, or you go in saying this is a buy and hold. But if something goes wrong throughout the process and that has to change from a flip to sell to a buy and hold, mm. you know what those options are and what's going on in that area. And you didn't have to do your own research for that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And be in, be an agent 100% to get to grab that information. Mm -hmm. Somebody doing it for you. And it's super hard to look at that information mm -hmm. without, A, putting too much sunshine on it mm -hmm. because it's yours and mm -hmm. you really want this to happen. Mm -hmm. And, B, putting too much darkness on it mm -hmm. because it's yours and you don't want anything bad to happen to it. But as right. an outside agent, you know, your, your perspective on it is a lot different. And that also frees up your time, so you're not worrying about that part of the process. It frees mm -hmm. up your time to find other properties mm -hmm. to invest in. I think it's important in business for you to do what you're good at and outsource what you're not. It's, it's good for growing your business, for your time management, things like that. Mm -hmm. Do more and more and more in what, at what you're good at. Right. And then let other people do what you're not so good at. Mm -hmm let go a little bit. I have to remember that. So, so often, you know, especially a creative type or a person that's kind of jack of all trades, knowing quite a few people that are in the flipping business, a lot of us are that, mm -hmm. you know, where we go, Oh, I've got a hammer and I've got, you know, a toolkit and I can do this and I know how to paint. And I know how to hang a door. Mm -hmm. I know how to, you know, change locks. I know how to, you know, and then before you know it, you've forgotten oh, hey, wait a second, this is about making money. Mm -hmm. And an agent is going to be able to help you see where to put that money and that time. Right. And then you get back to doing what it is that you love to do. Mm -hmm. And you do it better and better and better the more deals you do. Yeah. And it's great, too, to get that outside perspective. We sat through a training not too long ago where it was like if you're a guy investor or ask a, a woman's, outlook on what you're thinking about doing because it will be different than yours mm -hmm. or you know vice versa it's good to have so even if you don't have somebody as like your right hand man kind of term <laughs> it's good you can always call your agent at that point and say how do you view this yeah. and ask their input as an outside and they don't they, again don't have emotions involved in it mm-hmm uh, I got saved on my last uh, my last flip before this one, mm -hmm. or one of them. Uh, I was going to put in a clawfoot tub mm -hmm. in the master bath, which would have been beautiful. Oh yeah, incredible clawfoot tub. I laid in the clawfoot tub. It was literally in the <laughs> living room. I pulled it up onto the stairs into the living room after it was delivered, and I said, "This is great. Everyone's going to love this clawfoot tub." My agent came out and said, hey, um, this clawfoot tub is great, and it's pretty, but people want showers in master bathrooms. <laughs> they don't want to have to take their time when they're getting in, out in the morning, and they don't want to have to have this weird contraption of a bar and like a half shower curtain and right. stand in there and with a handle, you know? <laughs> If you're going to have a clawfoot tub, it should be in addition to a master bath walk-in right. with tile and a glass door and all that stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, God, you're right. Yeah. You know, if I had to put that clawfoot tub in there without a shower, <laughs> man, it would have taken the value of the property down, not up. And a lot longer to sell. A lot longer. So that would have held up more of your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, small things like that, it's important. How many houses would you say that you preview uh, a month? How many, how many places do you go into and just go, yep, I've seen that sliding barn door. I've seen that faucet. I've seen that fridge before. I'm going to say on average 12. Because mm. I make a point to go one day a week 
previewing just so I can stay up on the market, what, you know, what people are liking within the home, um, Mm -hmm. price points, because when you go see a property, you're like, well, this one's priced this way, and I saw this other one that's priced that way, is this one priced right or not? Mm -hmm. You can tell that once you go see property on a regular basis. So it's very important to me to be be the best I can at my my job mm-hmm. to go out and see these properties at least um, right now I'm averaging about 12 a week. Wow. Real talk folks, if it's at Home Depot you're going to see lots and lots and lots of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if it's at Lowe's or what have you. That is, that's where the majority of homeowners that are fixing up their homes go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those products If they see it there, they're going to be excited about seeing it in your place, too. Right. Well, and let me add to that from an agent standpoint. If you're a new agent, you should be previewing as much as you can so you can learn. And then you can figure out what you want to specialize in. Mm. If you're an agent that's been around for a while and you want to get into something new, you need to be previewing the new area of real estate you're trying to get into. You need to be knowledgeable. That's what your clients expect from you. Well, I hope uh, I hope that our listeners were able to learn at least one thing new from what we talked about today. <laughs> yeah, right. So I know at least they probably learned a little bit about us. So they'll hopefully continue to listen to the other ones. Um, <laughs> next we week we'll have Paul Barbeau mm-hmm. uh, with us, and he will talk about how to invest with no money. Thank you again for joining us for Courtiers and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. This has been a production of Corks Crews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.